Are you ready? Are you ready? I said, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I am ready, yes. Okay, fuck. I asked you twice. (laughs) Three times, even. Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where mobiles give you cancer. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week, we are talking about the 2006 British comedy, Driving Lessons. Guys, been a long time coming. I can't wait to talk about this stupid movie with you. Welcome to birthday month for Ross. Happy September, Libras. And Virgos. About 24 years ago, I graced this planet with my presence, and here I am today talking about low-budget British comedy. (laughs) You've come quite far. So, guys, this is like one of my fave movies. Now, it's not, of course, the best movie out there by any means of the imagination, but I just like the message of this movie, and I I like the way in which it was done. I think it's good writing. Before we get started, guys, don't forget, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That is with an and, not an ampersand. And if you want to get Ross a birthday present this month, you can go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would be the best happy birthday present. Please and thank you. We love it. Rate, review, and retweet. Do you want to get started then? Yes. All right, put the key in the ignition. Come on, you bastard cut! Ben! How are you? So proud of Ben. He's found a job helping a retired actress. My sister. My sister. Farewell. Farewell. Stop that, boss! You see an attractive woman living on her own. You wonder, is she a roaring lesbian? Answer no. You, on the other hand, might well be gay. This is wonderful. We should... Probably think about turning back soon. I don't drive. I'm strictly forbidden to drive a car without a qualified motorist in the vehicle. You really do know all the rules. I've always dreamed of camping. Ben, can you put your shoulder under my ass? Why are you working for an old lady? Are there no other jobs? Use your hips! Is this your first time? No. My assistant is missing in action. When you find him, I'll be downstairs at La Brasserie Ecos. Thank you. Some people are wicked. She isn't wicked. She's an actress. I think that says enough. Evie, I need you. You're my best friend. Nowhere to call from. If I had a mobile. Mobiles give you cancer. Driving Lessons is basically about this kid, Ben Marshall, who's about to come of age. So Ben Marshall is this very just constantly uncomfortable kid who gets a job working for this old lady, taking care of her, doing her shopping. And uh, I think this is a little bit about, you know, Ben just trying to find out 
who he is getting his, you know, kind of independence from his parents. It's a coming of age film. Exactly. Literally coming of age. You're literally getting the keys to the car. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's v- a, very symbolic. Major rite of passage. There's more than one lesson and it's not just driving. Oh, what's. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. All driving right. Lessons. Very good. Very good. People are turning us off. What are your initial thoughts? You've never you've seen this movie before. Yes, I have actually. I saw it back around the time it came out, back when it was easier to get movies illegally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, because it didn't play in American theaters, I don't think, at least not anywhere near me. But I was obsessed with Harry Potter and Rupert Grant and all that stuff, and so that's why I wanted to go see it in the first place because he they, they were pretty. They were. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this was the first film that came along for me in which. One of the main Harry Potter actors was in something other than Harry Potter. With that same horrible Goblet of Fire haircut. And Rupert Grant broke the mold. And I think Rupert Grant is really good. Like, he doesn't do a lot of work, like, nowadays, but, like, the stuff he does do, I quite enjoy him in. He's a very good actor. He's on that Netflix show where he fakes having cancer. Sick note. That's what it is. Sick note. I remember once dad trying to watch a Harry Potter film and he was like, I'm trying to follow this, but I just know one thing for sure. That redhead kid is really good. Like, Aww. I believe him. That's nice, And I'm like, dad. well, if Pop says so, <laughs> it must be good. All right. As always, we have names. Starring Rupert Grint, of course, as we've been saying, who is, of course, most famous for his portrayal of Ronald Weasley in the Harry Potter saga. I'm living. He's such a dorky little teenager in this movie. I know. I know. Oh, God. Yeah, it was nice to see a Harry Potter star do something that wasn't Harry Potter at the time. And also, he's not the only one. (laughs) Yeah. We have the brilliant, the tantalizing, the scintillating. Julie Walters. Yes, guys. Molly Weasley is here. I love the new dynamic that we have here. (laughs) It's no longer a disgruntled mother and mischievous son. It is now mischievous woman and disgruntled boy. (laughs) There's a bit of a Harold Maude element to this. That's exactly. How are you? How do you know what I'm going to say before I say it? Honestly, do we need to talk about this? (laughs) Because we've talked about it a lot. That's what I was going to say. This movie is big Harold and Maude energy. No one can properly explain that movie to me either. Guys, my wife, Laura Linney, (laughs) graces the screen. Is she aware that she's married to you? Yeah. (laughs) No, she's not. I'll call her right now. No, you won't. I will call Laura. (laughs) You love Laura. Come on. You guys get along famously. (laughs) Guys, you know Laura Linney from things like my favorite, such as HBO's John Adams, The Savages, Tale of the City, or Tales of the City, I should say. Um, Ultim- uh, Absolute Power with Clint Eastwood. We need to watch that movie. You would, you would really like that movie. Another Laura Linney favorite. Another notable mention is Nicholas Farrell, and here's where that Six Degrees thing's come, in, come into play. Because you know how we were talking last week in Repo, how Anthony Stewart Heed was in The Iron Lady yeah. as Jeffrey Howe? Yeah. You were gobsmacked. Nicholas Farrell, who plays Robert, his father in this, is Ari Neve in The Iron Lady. Oh, boy. Both of her <laughs> most trusted advisors. And guys, you'll see why I'm wigging about that at the end. This opening tune is a bop. I absolutely love the opening credits with all the street maps and Sufjan Stevens. I love that song. Tallest Man's Broadest Shoulders. Play a little bit for me. Thank you, Ben, 
is an angel cooking for all us oldies. When's the driving test? This afternoon. Ben's riding his bike around. He's delivering, uh, what, cookies or something to little old ladies? Ben does good deeds against his will out of his mother's charity. And, you know, he's just trying to navigate how to drive, navigate girls, navigate existing under his parents' roof. The thing about Ben is that every single waking second of his life is uncomfortable for him. Can relate. Through the opening credits, we get a snippet of driving instructor Roger taking (laughs) taking Ben out for his driving test. It's not going well. It's not going well. Ben tries to navigate a roundabout, can't do it. (laughs) Welcome to living in middle Indiana. He instructs him to make an emergency stop and instead crashes him into a tree. (laughs) So Ben's mother, portrayed by Laura Linney, Laura Marshall is her name. Oh, good. So there's no confusion. We just get to call her Laura this episode. I hate it when actors portray characters with the same name. (laughs) You feel like it's a waste? Yeah. It's like, what are we even doing? We might as well be like, it's Rupert, Laura, and Julie. Like... And, you know, she tells him not to worry about it. You were nervous. You'll get it next time. And, you know, Ben asks her, you know, don't you think it would be prudent for me to have some proper lessons with a proper teacher? Because Laura's been teaching him. Oh, no. And, you know. see how well that's been going. Never mind, darling. Crush the coal. Well, you were nervous. Well, I think I should have some proper lessons with a teacher. I've been driving for 25 years. You just need more practice. No, honestly, the truth is here is that she can't have him going out into the world. She needs to have absolute 100% control of Ben at all times. It's kind of sick, honestly. It it actually has more to do with her than it does to do with him. Doesn't it always? Because um, she feels out of control in a certain aspect of her life. And I think by controlling Ben, it helps her deal with it. So the Marshalls belong to a London parish of evangelical Christians. I love the Bible study dance circle. (laughs) Where they're just holding hands up and singing to the ceiling. Ben's the only one not singing as they're going round and round. He just looks existentially dreadful. Can relate. Like, everything about his family life is uncomfortable. Like, I feel so bad for him. Can't play Quidditch, can't drive a car. Shut up. (laughs) So, in this parish, we, uh, his father, Robert, is one of the main preachers in this parish. And an associate preacher, this new up-and-coming fellow, his name is Peter. We don't like Peter. We don't. We don't. (laughs) Peter's a douche canoe. We get a snippet of him advising Laura and Ben on the sexy religious education program at Coventry. The sexy? What? And maybe Peter can recommend that Ben get a slot. These are not words that men of the cloth should use. Hey, Peter. I know a lot of the guys teaching religious education at Coventry. It's a hell of a competitive course now. Very new science, philosophy, culture. Very rounded, very sexy. Lovely. Obviously, I I can't take Ben's exams for him, but I can, I can definitely recommend we notice Laura's very into Peter. Oh, she cannot stop peeling off her panties for Peter. She wants the pita. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to dinner, and we notice that there's an out-of-place person at the dinner table. I have in all capital letters, who is this man sitting at the table? At first, if you're a first-time viewer, you might think, oh, it's Grandpa. No. 
No, it is not. So we have, you know, Laura, Robert, and Ben. And then across from Ben is sitting Mr. Fincham. Tell us about Mr. Fincham, Ross. Mr. Fincham has very bad dementia. Mr. Fincham came to Laura asking for shelter after he mowed down his wife with his vehicle. Oh, really? Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, Ben's just got this weird guy living in her house. Like, I don't know. Listen, I get it. Everybody wants to be a good Christian. But he mowed down his own wife with his car. I know. It's, It's whack. Laura is constantly parading around her good faith and her Christianity. It's obviously a smokescreen for something really awful. Yeah, but no, it's performative. It's performative faith and activism. She is, you all have somebody in your life like this. I don't care who you are. Somebody who espouses the good word, but is really a fuck underneath it all. Oh, we all know at least one. Laura is talking about all these wonderful new ideas that Peter has for the parish. Peter was just telling us about his thoughts for an international day. With all the different parish faiths swapping ideas. I thought it sounded wonderful. I'm not sure Finchley Central's quite ready for Peter's particular brand of evangelism. We need to be sarcastic, Robert. At least he's trying. And Robert, who ranks above Peter? (laughs) He's like, "Uh uh-oh, I can feel myself becoming less relevant. (laughs) Everybody look at me! So we get Ben in bed, and Ben's a bit of a poet. Oh, God, I am rolling my eyes already. And nobody would know it. He's feverishly writing his little love poems and stashing them away so that Laura can't find them. So Laura sneaks up on Ben in bed, and she's like, you know, we should try and all put a, we should all try putting a little bit more money towards helping Mr. Fincham. And Ben's just kind of like, fucking why? <laughs> like, I don't know this dude. We've never met this dude before. And I mean, hey, you don't have to have met somebody to help them out. But like Ben, yeah, but Ben should be making his own money. Ben should be making his own money. He should be able to enjoy his own private space without worrying that the strange old guy is going to wander in his room at any moment. Exactly. Like, he should just be able to live his life at the fragile age of 16. Mr. Fincham came to me asking for shelter. He'd heard that I like to help people. But how long is he staying for? Darling, he ran over his own wife. He must take as long as he needs. Laura is always looking to further Ben's spiritual education. Well, of course. And, you know, Laura basically says, you know, get a job so that we can all help my charities more. (laughs) (laughs) You know, child labor. And, you know, I don't think Ben's ever had an independent thought in his life. Yeah, it it tends to do be that way. So at Sunday service, I really like this scene. I have, we're not sitting in pews. We're sitting in god-awful chairs. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't this look awful? It's kind of like a Park Chapel feel. Uh, Yeah, but like those chairs, oh, those chairs were metal. Yeah. Yeah, these are- Clank, (laughs) clank. Make sure your kids sit still. I can't hear the preach. Robert rises to the pulpit. He gives kind of a discourse about who is allowed to identify as a Christian. You know, he gets up and he says, how is a person truly free? Until they can learn to think and act for themselves. God gave us the free will so that we may choose his love. He wanted us to understand our commitment, to be grown up about it. If you say to me, am I a Christian? I say to you, if you strive to do good, then you're a Christian. If you strive to do good, don't seek to hurt or betray others, treat others as you would like to be treated, then you're a Christian. That's, mm-hmm. I know, it's a direct read, Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a, a direct read. It's a direct read. We'll get to why in a second, but. The more a person parades their Christianity for the benefit of others, the less I'm inclined to trust the Christianity they claim to bring. God tells us true faith 
is the freedom to choose truth. He's emphasizing people who parade their Christianity around and to be wary of them. And he's like looking right at his wife. <laughs> I was going to say, Robert would know all about that, wouldn't he? Yeah. And he's, like, she, oh, sorry. And he says, you know, if you are parading that about, there is something you are not being true about. What we understand during Robert's whole monologue is that what Laura will do is that she will pretend to take Ben for a driving lesson in the car and make him sit in the car while she goes into Peter's house and balls his brains out. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And I just I hate all those shots where he's just sitting there in the car and he's just staring wide eyed ahead like. I'm just blocking all this out. I have to block this out. This is fucked up. I feel like nobody pays attention to Ben. I feel like nobody gives a flying fart about Ben. No, they just care what Ben's doing to make the church look good. Yeah. And so it's just, it's all toxic and weird. And his mother is awful. I'm going to have a lot of Laura-related rage throughout this entire episode. So Ben takes an interview with Dame Eve Walton. Oh boy. Oh boy. Evie is here. She is a retired television actress who was quite notable in the 70s and 80s. I, I don't understand what it is with the British when their doorknobs are directly in the middle of their door. <laughs> like, in, like in Hobbiton. Yeah, no. You know? Yeah, no. Like just the big brass knob in the middle of the green door. There's a note on Evie's door. <laughs> door open in the garden. And you know what they say, your space is your mind. This is very, 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 very true. <laughs> like, <laughs> he goes in. I love her house, by the way. Oh, I hate how much it looks like my old apartment. But at the same time, there's just shit everywhere. There's books piled, two people high. There's loose leaf paper just falling all over everywhere. There's empty liquor bottles. Very cluttered person. Very cluttered mind. All of Ben's dialogue is uncomfortably nervous. <laughs> Like, he goes out into the back, and it's, he sounds like when he says, hello, like someone's going to fucking hit him. Like, yeah. he's afraid to speak. He's that uncomfortable. I think he's just, I think he's constantly subjected to criticism, and he can't take it. You know what I mean? Interacting with others is just a struggle. <laughs> and it's, he's just like, hello, nothing. Silence. And then out of nowhere. Come on, you utterly cunting bastard cut. How are you? You're Ben. Found the house, all right. Marvelous. Shall we stroll? And I'm like, Julie Walters, my heart is melting. Like, oh, God. We didn't talk enough about Julie Walters' credits, but you guys in America all know her from Mamma Mia. And Mamma Mia, here we go again. I forgot about Mamma Mia. Like, she's Rosie. I do love Rosie. If I was going to play any character in that show, it would definitely be Rosie. I love this new dynamic. Like I said earlier, we're no longer Molly Weasley and Ron Weasley. We are Harold and Maude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I just love Evie because you can tell she's one of those types of people that's just been flamboyant her whole life and old age is stopping her not one little bit. She is quick. Quite the character. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She wants you to know that she pays more than McDonald's. How you can consider such a thing? I really don't know. Will you please just play her opening business proposal for me? Sure. <laughs> I pay six pounds an hour, which is a pound more than McDonald's. So if that is unsatisfactory, I suggest you go and work for them. Now, how you can consider such a thing in all good conscience, I really don't know. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Sorry. Monday to Friday, 11 to 4, and every alternate weekend, lunch included. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Listen! 
Texan lady. Yeah. I've worked at McDonald's. I have fry basket burn scars on my forearms. Also, Get out of my face. Also, do you see the osteoporosis like I do? You, the way the way she's she, got a bit of a hump. Yeah, she's kind of bent over a little bit. Yeah. Drink your milk, ladies. It affects us more. I think that might be artificial. Well, yeah. I think we're supposed to expect to believe that she's much older than, you know, what Julie Walters is. Like, I just love Evie because, like, I, listen, I don't want to stereotype anybody, but I've heard from many Brits that, like, you know, w- when you're British, you're just a little more reserved than other people in other countries. Yes. You hold in your feelings. That's the way we do things in this country. You hold in your thoughts. Quietly. <laughs> exactly. With dignity. But Evie is just the complete opposite. Oh, no, she's loud. She says whatever is coming into her mind. And it doesn't matter who's standing there. She's going to say it. I so identify. (laughs) So Ben accepts Evie's (laughs) offer of employment. He's going to, you know, do things like do her shopping for her, help her about the house, you know, kind of, you know, general Boy Scout shit, you know. Yeah. Helping the old lady cross the street. And um, so we go to the pool. The next note I have is, so Ben is super awkward around girls. What is the name of this girl that he's obsessed with? Sarah. <laughs> oh, that's right. Sarah. He likes Sarah. And he's been writing a bunch of uh, sonnets, if you will, for Sarah. We all know why Ben came to the pool. Yeah. It's to catch Sarah. Like she's a fish. Uh, Sarah's, as we said, a very pretty girl who is uh, Ben's age. And Ben's kind of infatuated with her. Like, to the point where it is definitely creepy. Yeah, no. <laughs> I have a lot of notes. I have a lot of creep-related notes. So Ben offers to walk Sarah home, and miraculously, she agrees. She's a she's a tall drink of water with long brownish blonde hair. Yeah. Doesn't know he exists. You know who else catches Sarah's eye? Peter. Oh, 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 Yeah, no. yeah. See, I forgot about this until just now. They're walking along, and Sarah has got Peter's dick in her mouth. Stop. She is just going on and on about Peter and his New Age philosophy. You know, after last Bible class, Peter walked me home. He says he likes sharing his thoughts with me. He says there's an incredible witnessing going on in a church in Hackney. He says he may take a group of us there next Sunday. It's so great. Yeah. Listen to me, folks. If your teenage daughter is infatuated with someone in their mid to late 30s, that's a red flag. And I also, you cannot convince me that Peter is not being inappropriate with Sarah either. I, it's just... The it's way just, she's talking about no, him. But my point is, it's just, it's gross. And I feel bad for Ben. Ben just has to listen to her rail about the priest the whole walk home. He finally gets a word in edgewise and goes... You've got lovely hair. What? Sorry. I wrote you a poem. I've got it here. I could read it to you if you like. It's okay. You can just give it to me. I can read it later. I'd really like to read it to you. Really? It's okay. Oh, God, no. He's going to read poetry he wrote about her (laughs) to her in the middle of the street. I've wrote you a poem. I could read it to you if you like. She's like, no, it's okay. Just give it to me. I can read it later. No, 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 Ben, don't do this. And he's like, it's only five lines. And he's like, really? It's okay. <laughs> She's trying to tell you, Ben. She's trying to help you. So she says, fine. And would you please be so kind <laughs> as to play for our listeners what he has written for her? You are the harvest. God's water and wheat. Birds fly for you, sing for you. Each wing a beat of my heart for you. Felt for you, my clay feet. I do not sing for you, do not fly for you. I'm not water, I'm not wheat. I would be dove, 
I would be Hawk. Your milky breasts. My strange meat. Oh, the cringe meter. I'm just glad it doesn't have a title because the words are enough. I know. You know what I mean? <laughs> I am beyond mortified and so is she. Your milky breasts. Oh. My strange meat. Stop. What the fuck, Ben? Stop. Yeah, have you, do you ever just open your mouth and fuck up? <laughs> yes. T-C-O-T-M. And yeah. <laughs> Copyright T-C-O. Ben just opens his mouth and fucks up. Like, it's just, she just goes, I'm sorry. You're just too weird. And she leaves him stranded there, and then we get more Soofjan Stevens. <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> it's a weird mood. It's so sad. <laughs> so Laura is directing this Easter play at the church about the resurrection and she's insufferable. Oh god, the Easter play. Sitting in the shade of the eucalyptus tree. Sitting in the shade. Sitting in the shade. She's wrangling all these children and guess who plays the part of the eucalyptus tree? Is it Ben? It's Ben. And he's the most unhappy little tree you've ever seen. He's such a grumpy little tree. Guess who plays the part of Jesus Christ? Is it Peter? It is Peter. Oh boy. Who cast him in that, I bet? <laughs> In the next scene over, we also learn where Ben gets his awkwardness and weirdness from. It's Robert. <laughs> Robert. Oh, this scene with them in the study. Y- yeah. You'd say Laura's side hobby is blowing the junior priest. Oh, no. Well, Robert's side hobby is ornithology. He's a regular Stan Uris with this shit. Oh, he loves birds, loves watching them, loves learning about them, loves offering Ben unsolicited tidbits about them. He's more obsessed with birds than God, I think. I could, I could get it. Birds are awesome. Um, they, they used to be dinosaurs. Did you know that? Yeah. Through this tension, there's this tension between Robert and Ben where you can tell they want to be closer and more open with one another. And they just, they just can't. They're both just so awkward and they're both so terrified by the woman that they have in common. That's what I was getting ready to say. I think it has everything to do with Laura. I think that she... She drives... A, oh, she she is the wedge between them. She yeah, absolutely is. She purposefully, like, keeps them apart in a way. Yeah, like, so her shit doesn't get aired because she knows in the back of her head that Ben knows what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. The bus ride. Oh, God, I love this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes. So Evie and Ben are waiting for the bus to go into town to do some light shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and they get onto the upper level of that double-decker bus. You know, classic ones you see in London. Ben's just got this look on his face the whole time like he can't stand to be seen talking to her. Well, she's loud. Yeah, she is very loud. And, she's- you know, like we said, British people, they keep their thoughts and their feelings generally to themselves. And she is talking to the whole bus. She's very nosy, very loud. She's like, you show a lamentable lack of curiosity for a boy of your age. You see, an attractive woman living on her own, you wonder, is she a roaring lesbian? Answer no. For your information, I've been married and divorced three times. Once to an actor, once to an English lord, and once to a Californian. You, on the other hand, might well be gay. This is where he sighs and just has to kind of look down. Oh, he wants to, he wants the earth to open up and to fall into it. Because people are beginning to look and listen. (laughs) Many people. Evie is so extra. She can go from zero to a hundred like that. She's just one of those people who talks and doesn't really care if she's making you uncomfortable. 
So we go to a store called Cotswolds, which I'm guessing is a UK equivalent of Dick's Sporting Goods <laughs> or uh, what's it called? Great Outdoors. Uh, Gander Mountain. Gander Mountain. Yeah, it's, it's the British version of Gander Mountain. There, she's looking through the store and the guy comes up. She's like, can I help you? I wish to see your equipment. My equipment? <laughs> Show me everything you've got. Montage time. We're looking at sleeping bags. We're looking at tents. We're getting out the yodeling equipment. Bungee equipment. The yodeling equipment. The yodeling equipment. <laughs> I meant the skiing equipment. <laughs> if only outdoor stores sold yodeling equipment. <laughs> but Evie is pretending to be a skier and yodel from the top of a mountain. Evie really wants to go camping. She's never been. Um, it doesn't seem like her thing, yeah, frankly. definitely. And like, they're wandering around this store. They're not buying anything. No. <laughs> they're just, they were that <laughs> sales clerk's least favorite customer that day. So we're laying in the tent, right? In the store, Evie and Ben. And they're kind of trying to relate to one another here. And I, dang, Evie, she likes Shakespeare. She likes literature. She likes poetry. Yes. And Ben is himself a little budding poet. Out of nowhere, she begins to recite. It's called they Flee From Me, and it's by Sir Thomas Wyatt, who's a very famous English poet. I think this is something that really endears him to her. She appeals to that expressive side of him that he does not get to exhibit in the rest of his life. I have seen them gentle, tame, and meek, that now are wild, and do not remember that sometime they put themselves in danger to take bread at my hand. Any luck with this one? Sadly, your prices are beyond us. But for your aid and succor, we thank you. Oh the God. look on that poor man's face. He's like, lady, you've been in here all afternoon. <laughs> I said, she buys nothing but steals a stove. That's what I have. I was like, <laughs> Did she, I have in all capital letters. Did she shoplift? They're running out of the store. And she goes, look, camping stove. <laughs> and you see her Ben go, what? I'm going to be that little old lady. I'm going to take things and then fake dementia when I get caught. Ben's walking up the brick wall in front of his house. Oh, boy. Here we go. He comes around into the drive and Laura is standing there, arms crossed, shaking, perturbed. Oh, she's in a tizzy. It's six o'clock. Got held up. Got held up. We had a driving lesson at four. You should have let me know. There was nowhere to call from. If I had a mobile... Mobiles give you cancer. Like, honestly, it's like he's her boyfriend or something. I know. She's mad because she's late for her booty call. I know. Laura, could you give a fuck about your kid? She's so... And not about your dick appointment? She's so disgusting. I hate her. She's so disgusting. And she was like, come on, I'll drive. And they're on the way to Peter's house for her to get her brains balled out. And she takes a driving manual out of the glove compartment and throws it on his knees and goes, Read that. We'll have a theory lesson. <laughs> a theory lesson! They get back to the house very late. And this is where you realize Laura expects Ben to lie for her. Yeah, this gets so much more fucked up so fast. She rushes right past into the house like, oh, gotta get before Robert can say anything. And then Robert pokes his head out of his office and goes, Ben? Where were you this evening? We had a driving lesson. Is that all? Yes. And Ben, staring straight ahead, wide-eyed, one foot on the stairs, going, 
we had a driving lesson. <laughs> like it's rehearsed. No, he, he looks like that that horrible taxidermied fox mm-hmm. that looks yeah. like, it, <laughs> like it just wants to erase itself from existence. Like you can tell that he's scared. Wouldn't you be? Exactly. Like you're, you grow up in this environment where you're taught about origin, where you're taught about sin and what's going to happen to you if you do sin. <laughs> and your faith and commitment. And, and it's, it's all a big lie for him. Mm-hmm. It's all a sham. Laura sneaks into his room in the middle of the night. He's not even pretending to be asleep. He looks like he's just in the middle of the worst dread. Like, I feel so bad for him. Like, I just, could you give the boy a moment of peace, please? He could be masturbating. You don't know. She literally gets up in bed with him. Why? Gives him a hug and and is basically telling him to keep mum. Whatever happened behind these walls, Ben, we're God's ambassadors. We show the world a smiling face. I just, it sounds like I'm being tough on her, but just from the moment this movie starts till when it ends, she's just nothing but manipulative, conniving trash. She's disgusting. I I, I, I detest her entirely. Like, and I just, I, and here's the thing. I love Laura Linney. I, I know that I give you the impression that I don't sometimes because it's fun to pick on you for how infatuated you are with her. She's my Sarah. She is. <laughs> <laughs> but like, she's very good. She's very good at making me want to kick her in the teeth. I, guys, if you'll remember, if you listen, if you've been a longtime listener to this, you know that I selected Laura Linney for one of my top 10 female performances for this this movie because it's this is literally one of the only characters she has of all of her works that I legitimately just hate. We cut to Ben. He's snooping. Oh, that's right. He's in Evie's house going through her thing. Well, he's trying to clean, but it's kind of pointless. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, he's just it's like trying to <laughs> It's like trying to shovel snow while it's snowing. Like, every time he pulls something out, another book stack's going to fall over. He finds this photograph, this old black and white photograph, and it's obviously of Evie, and she's got a baby in her lap. I have baby? Question mark? And he's, you know, questioning it, and she shows up behind him. Evie gets mad. Oh, yeah. Put it away. Sorry. You do not touch my things. I was tidying. You do not touch my things. Yes, I'm I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. To escape irate Evie, he goes shopping. (laughs) He comes back to her passed out, drunk as a skunk on the floor. She might be dead. He doesn't know. (laughs) Yeah, this might be a life alert commercial. (laughs) Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. He cleans her up, puts her down, and she's like, bugger off. (laughs) Goody two shoes. Ben comes back to Evie's the next day. He's going to quit. He, he's, he thinks he's upset her beyond repair, so he's going to quit. And before he can say anything, she grabs him, takes him by the hand, leads him into the garden, and she tells him, you know, you found my old scripts. Oh, that's right. When he was going through her stuff... He moved a box and she found her old scripts, which, girl, I've been there. Like, you're cleaning and you find something you haven't seen in decades. And, you know, her brain is just full of serotonin. If you had not been going through my things, I would never have found these. Like, quite honestly, I would have never looked. She takes a script and just devolves into Volumnia from Coriolanus. I'm glad you knew the name of the play because I have in all capital letters, what is this play that she's suddenly reciting from memory? She hands him the script and she goes, you're Coriolanus. I'm your mother. I disown you. (laughs) I disown you? Yeah. (laughs) She's like, she's got her arms draped over his shoulders, hanging on to him in despair. Oh, they're doing several different ones. They're doing, they do... 
They do Coriolanus. They do Midsummer. Rouse was in Midsummer, guys. I was Bottom. <laughs> yeah, you sure were. I was Nick Bottom. <laughs> Ill met by moonlight, proud Titania. What jealous Oberon? Fairy skip hence. I have forsworn his bed and company. Terry rash wanton, am I not thy lord? I must be thy lady. They have tea. They talk poetry. They're having a girls' afternoon. They are. Yeah, <laughs> it's very dear. <laughs> now I was thinking we could go camping. She wants to go camping once again. Uh, I do not get along with the outdoors. Well, Ben knows that this is immediately going to be a no go with his mother, and he goes, "You know, how long will we be gone?" She's like, "Oh, a day." Two days at the most. Yeah, that's like no time at all. Yeah. For goodness sake, our parents put us on a bus to Washington, D.C. with the rest of our class when we were like 13. Yep, 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 yep. So like two days is not a big deal. But of course, Laura's going to have a problem with it. Camping? Why on earth would anyone want to go camping? To escape? He can't, possibly. (laughs) I love Robert. (laughs) He's just like, to escape you, you fucking crazy bitch. (laughs) Yeah, Mom, some of us could use a break from you. Laura won't hear of him going. She needs him here. Oh, I can't. Ross, I, mm, I'm i ready to flip. Because if he's gone, he's out of her control. I know. And I just, I just, huh, none of the adults in this poor kid's life are willing to let him have his own thoughts, his own feelings. His whole relationship with all of these people is about what he can do for them, not about not the other way around. So Ben shows up to Evie's next day, and she's she's packing up the back of the car. She's ready to go. And... She's excited. I'm afraid I, I can't come camping with you. My mother needs me at home. I see. Sorry. Well, never mind. We can just take a little drive instead. I take it you drive. You're still a learner. Cut to him white knuckling it down some back road in this ugly boat of a car. <laughs> like it looks like a fucking insect. It it's is, a British station wagon. It's basically. lime green and it is. <laughs> I love it. I don't know. All of these scenes where he's actually behind the wheel and he's driving the car, they had to do all of these on back roads. Rupert Grit was still only 16. Mm-hmm. It's 17 to drive in the UK. Yeah. And he not only did he not have his license, he had already failed his own driving test twice. Yep. <laughs> and so they had to shoot all of these scenes where he's actually driving on British back roads. And he goes, I think we should turn back. And she's like, stop the car. She gets out in the middle of the road, looks around. She goes, my God, I am in Elysium <laughs> driving. <laughs> like, so now we're drunk in the woods. It's getting late. Ben sets up her entire camp and is like, you know what? We should just take it down and go back. I don't know why when she asked him to set up the tent, I don't know why he didn't know something was up. Yeah. You know what? Screw you. I'm taking down the tent and we are leaving. He is deciding this for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, I have become the parent now. <laughs> she, He hands her the car key and she puts it in her mouth and swallows it. Whole. Whole. Well, what, what did you expect for her to chew it up? She does the chef's kiss and burps. <laughs> and just the look of amazement and shock on his face. He can't, this is kidnapping. Yeah. He goes, you swallowed the fucking key. My dear boy, the key will be back with us in the morning. He loses his shit. <laughs> he absolutely loses it. Yeah, because, because now he has to wait for her to shit the key 
out. He grabs her by the shoulder and goes, choke, bring it back. You have to bring it back now. And she goes, no, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> He's wigging. I feel so bad for him because his mom's going to miss him. He goes, my mother's going to kill me. You don't understand. She said I wasn't to come. I asked and she said no. You don't say yes when my mother says no. You don't do it. My dear boy, the key will be back with us in the morning. I love it. She's sitting him down inside the open boot and she's like, come on now. We might as well have fun while we're here. And I have in all caps, look at all the wine in the boot. I know. Like all the wine in the trunk. It's out of control. Look at you using your British terminology. She thought she was going to be out here for two days and the boot is full of wine. A trunk is a boot, folks. (laughs) And so we're in the tent. He's fuming. And you know what she's going to do to add insult to injury? She's going to let him drink. Oh, boy. Now we're contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So she pours him some wine and she goes, you can tell God I forced you. (laughs) (laughs) We get the slightest shot of the slightest sip of wine cut immediately to drunk Ben. Oh, he's laid out. He's like the spiritual equivalent of a rug. They're laid out looking at the stars and he is furiously reciting his own epic poem. How shrek screamed my halting mentor. Remember your godforsaken lust and the toll heaped up hell. But, but I urged. That's me. Yeah. But, but I urged. They've passed us, passed beyond to a better place. This translates into them talking about Sarah. Oh boy, we're talking about Sarah. And you know... She gives him a little bit of romantic reassurance. I don't really remember all of what is said, but basically the point here is she's making him feel less uncomfortable about it. This is something he would never bring up with his parents. Never. Yeah. And this is somebody who can give him a little bit of reassurance in that department because it's not sinful to be thinking about in her eyes. It's not sinful and like he doesn't have to hold it all in if he doesn't want to. Guys, just be yourselves. Don't hold it in. You're going to get a tumor. The time has come to call Laura. Oh, no. We're in, we're in, the, we're in the phone booth. I was going to say, are we in a phone booth, 2006? Where are you? I don't know. Don't call the police. I'm fine, really. Have you taken a tablet? Ben, try to think. Did she give you a tablet? Something for a headache? I'm fine. I just can't come back till morning. Robert, she's kidnapped him. He's somewhere on a campsite. He sounds drugged. Come, I'm fine, honestly. She is at an 11, which I get it. This aging actress did kidnap her child, but everybody's fine. Nobody's hurt. Calm down, Laura. She just becomes very cold and goes, well, then I will expect you whenever you can get back then. I hate her. I just hate her so much. In the morning, we have the key back. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. I couldn't. I couldn't handle this. I couldn't handle this because I I knew she passed the key. Yeah. I knew she passed the key. She has it in her hand. He pokes out of the tent and goes, cocky. (laughs) And she goes, oh, yes. Reaches in her pocket, takes the key out and picks something off of the key. (laughs) And puts it in his open hand. And I'm like, God, gross. Eve casually mentions that she's taking him to the Edinburgh International Book Festival. Oh, God. In Scotland. And he's like, what? No. Yeah, no. We've already gone through this rigmarole where you swallowed the key and we got it back. Now we're going home. And she says, no, I've been invited to perform at a poetry recital. I'm to take part in a week of readings at the Literary Festival. You never said anything about that. Why should I? I can't possibly go to Edinburgh. It's, It's all the way up there. Nonsense. It's just a few miles on the motorway. I can't. Well, that really is most inconvenient. Sorry, I just can't. 
We're talking about going from the south of England to Edinburgh. Well, for our American listeners, Ross, where is Edinburgh? It's in Scotland. It's in Scotland. It's, it's all the fucking way at the other. It's like going from Tallahassee to Mackinac City. <laughs> I'll drive you to the station and I'll get the train home. I don't drive. Oh, shit. And he just comes to a complete screeching stop and goes, You have a car in your garage. Ex-husbands, the Russian. Very keen skier. I'm a learner driver. I'm strictly forbidden to drive a car without a qualified motorist in the vehicle. Gosh, you really do know all the rules, don't you? We're breaking the law. I love Ben so much. He cares so much about the rules. He goes, you really do know all the rules, don't you? And he goes, we're she's, she's impressed. He's like, we're breaking the law. <laughs> so this is where she takes the opportunity to flail out of the car and run into the middle of the woods, panting and screaming. Oh, she's, oh my God, the drama. She pulls it all out. She's fake hyperventilating. She's gasping, clutching her pearls. She fakes that she's terminally ill and tells him that she has a week to live. I love the line. Sparing you the details, my tits have turned into time bombs. Doctors gave up treating me last year. My surgeon says it's the worst case he's ever seen. How long have you got? A month? Three months? A week? A week? See, here's the thing, folks. Here's the thing. I've been giving Laura a lot of shit this entire episode. Now it's Evie's turn. It's time for Evie to get some shit. She's lying about having terminal cancer to manipulate this child into taking her to another country. And, you know, Ben gets determined. Ben wants to help her because he's a good boy. Yeah, he decides rather than go back to his horrible mother, fuck it, we're going to drive this aging actress to a festival in Scotland. You know how I love me some Scotland. Oh, yeah, no. Some sweet, sweet Alba. Like, Would you like to read my next note? What is it? Read my next note into the mic. Scotland porn. <laughs> yeah, all of these roving landscapes. I love the song, One Door Opens. <laughs> Ah, the lovely drive through Scotland. God, you know, we went to Europe a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. and we went to Ireland, which is Scotland adjacent. It's Scotland plus. It's Scotland plus. (laughs) It's it's a lot of the Don't ever let an Irish person hear you say that, though. (laughs) Sorry, Ireland. God save King George. (laughs) That is the reaction you will get. Um, um, but yeah, I just, oh. I wrote Edinburgh. I could die. I know, I know. <laughs> I know you love the Scotland porn. Yeah. So we stay at the Caledonian Hotel in Dryden, and we are greeted by Briny. Oh, is that her name? Briny. I, yeah. I, I wrote and pronounced her name six different ways it's in my spelled notes. It's Briony, but it's Briny. Briny. Like, the, like the, the beautiful Briny Deep. She looks very much like Enya and is very Scottish. Yes, she is. Oh, I love her little accent. She's here to receive them and get them to their rooms, make sure Evie has what she needs. And she loves Evie. I've got to tell you, I'm a huge fan of your TV show, The Shipping Magnates. Yes. You've seen 80s Night on Sky? No. I never miss it. I know all your catchphrases. I'm a woman, Leland, not an oil tanker. You're huge on the gay scene. 
Oh, and no. you can just tell Evie's going, 80s night, Jesus. <laughs> That's me. That's where I am. Yeah. I'm on 80s night. I get it. I'm ancient. Thank you very much, you gorgeous young thing. Evie gets all depressed because the whole reason she's been invited to do this is because she's a has-been, right? Yeah, she's very, very nervous because she hasn't performed in quite some time. She doesn't think anybody's going to like her. And she's... And she, you know, she tells Ben, I think I've misjudged the reason for my invitation because she's supposed to take part in a reading of an anthology of love poetry that's being republished as part of a series called Forgotten Voices. The shade of it. And, you know, he goes, Ben goes, well, that sounds quite nice. And just the way she's just like, you're not getting it. (laughs) You don't get it, kid. They're they're here to laugh at me. I'm sure they'd understand if you didn't want to go on, given... How little time you have. Don't be ridiculous. Of course I'm going on. When a woman says she's not going on, it doesn't mean she's not going on. I want to go on. I'm just nervous. That's all. As long as you're there, I'll be fine. She makes him promise that he will be there at the performance. As long as he's there, she thinks she can do a good job. It's so nice. Yeah. You know, he's he's her best friend. And he promises her tomorrow, 11 o'clock. Briny thinks Ben's cute. Oh, no. Yeah. Briny is hitting on him in the hotel hallway. She's got to be, what, 26? Oh, no. She's... yeah. See, I have notes about that as well. <laughs> she... I asked you. I looked at you and I said, how old is she? And you looked at me and went, she's closer to your age. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. She steals Ben. Takes I... him to... All these women kidnapping Ben. Yeah. Like... <laughs> They his all, mother, they, Evie, Briny. They like, all want his attention. Like, I get it. He's very cute and non-threatening, but guys, he's 16. Briny takes 17-year-old Ben to an Edinburgh dive. And who's checking IDs at this club? Nobody. They walked right in. Don't you remember? Yeah. What's with the Scottish reggaeton band? (laughs) I was asking you about this. I was like, what is happening? I can't. I don't know if it's reggaeton for sure, but it's like, you know, Hispanic inspired Celtic music. Yeah. It's just, it's, 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 it's something I didn't know I needed. Yeah. No, it's, isn't it fun? Yeah. Don't you love it? Play a little bit for me. Let's, let's pretend like we're in that club. She gets him to dance around a little bit, which is really cute and funny. Oh, she drags him onto that dance floor, and he kind of shuts down there for a second. He's so uncomfortable. It's like he doesn't know how to move his arms at all. He's like, we're not holding our hands up and moving around in a circle singing to the ceiling, are we? (laughs) No, he doesn't know how to do it. He's just like, no, don't anybody look at me ever. So, um, we go back to Briny's, and, um, you know, she kind of says, How old are you? I'm 18 and a half. Don't mind me asking, but why are you working for an old lady? Are there no other jobs? She's my grandmother. Cool. Sorry, I I didn't mean to be rude about it. It's okay. <laughs> and she's they're just standing there with glasses of wine in hand, and she's just like, is this your first time? <laughs> and he goes, no, no. <laughs> she does ask how old he is. He goes, 18 and a half. Like, and he does lie to her, but folks, that's still not an excuse. You ask for ID. This whole night has been very new and exciting for Ben and very sinful. (laughs) Because what does Briny do? She pops his cherry. That's a very crude way of putting it, but Briny takes his virginity. 
unbeknownst to Bryony. And I mean, it's just, guys, I, I have to be this way about it because if she if she was a 28-year-old man and he was a 16-year-old girl, I'd be mad about it. Yeah. And, and I am fair <laughs> in my criticisms. No sexism on this podcast. The next morning. Oh, boy. Evie is at reception. She's got a nice little dress on. She's all extra fixed up. She's not happy. Oh, no. Because guess what? Ben is not where he's supposed to be. Explain, please, the meaning of he is not in his room. Well, his key's at reception and he's not answering his phone. Then kindly unlock the door. Sorry, I'm afraid I can't do that. We're not at liberty to unlock a client's door unless there's an emergency. She walks over, positively struts over to the fire alarm, takes the car key, and breaks the glass in it. (laughs) You were saying? What's happening? My assistant is missing in action. When you find him, I'll be downstairs at La Brasserie Cops. Thank you. Ben wakes up too late. (laughs) Yeah, that, oh my god, that cold feeling in your stomach when you realize you have woken up way too late. Way too late. Evie gets shown in to do a reading, and she just opens her mouth and fucks up. Oh, boy. She's so upset and nervous. I know. She's upset because Ben didn't come with, and he's not there, and she's nervous because she has to do this performance, and she keeps messing up the lines. She can't find her place. She can't remember anything. She's just kind of blithering up there, and she, poor dear, she begins to cry. I know. She it's gets the worst. so worked up. Oh, my God. It's bad. And God, she just dissolves in front of all these people. And, and they're I, laughing at her. I know. Yeah, like, fuck all these people. Ben gets her out of there. And uh Like he's uh, he's immediately invested. Oh yeah. In, he's trying to take her to a different festival. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to erase the, the terrible awful that he just made. <laughs> but she says, absolutely not. You know, like, after all of that, you want to parade me through that again? Go to hell. And you know, Ben just kind of gets along the lines of, you deserve a final hurrah. You deserve one last great performance before you die. And God wants you to do this. And he sent me to help you. I will not be bullied, even by an emotional cripple. I'm not going back. Then I walk. You can't. You're dying. I am not dying. You mustn't be afraid of death. I am not dying. God embraces all who believe in him, for they shall have everlasting life. I am not dying. I made it up. I hate her. I absolutely cannot stand her she right goes, now. Oh God! I made a tit of myself. Yeah, she, I'm going home. Oh, End of story. Like, talk about making a tit of yourself. A tit of herself. Mm-hmm. Is that a breast cancer joke? I, what is that? I don't know. Like, I just, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm not feeling very funny right now. She is. Ben and Evie have a little bit of a row. Evie leaves the car on foot. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, she's like, fuck it. I'm not going. She gets out of the car. She starts wailing at him. I do the forgiving, not God. This is a terrible thing to say. Oh, don't get biblical on me, you pompous fuck. You never read the bloody thing anyway. I read my Bible every night. Liar. Liar? You're telling me I'm a liar? I've never met anyone who lied so much in all my life. You make up old people out of thin air. You said you'd be there at 11 and you weren't. You make up money. The one time I really needed you and you let me down the one time. Screaming about how he wasn't there for her. Lady, he's a kid. Yeah. You are an octogenarian actress. (laughs) Like, you you are an adult. And here's what I think about this, this exchange. I I would say their, their pain is not really for the other one. 
they're hurting for themselves. I think that we're both getting some feelings out at one another that really have nothing to do with the other person. Ben is actually standing up for himself and is trying to, you know, he called her out for her bullshit and tried to let her know that it is indeed bullshit. It's kind of like a practice run, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I love this for uh-huh. him. Her feelings of abandonment, loneliness, loss, loss, exactly. I think that's coming through towards him in this row. Couldn't even be bothered to show up. You know, I needed you one time and you weren't there. Needed him one time. I don't think this is about Ben. No, it's not. It's definitely not about Ben. I'm letting her have it. I get it. I'm just mad. I'm just mad because none of the adults in this movie give this kid the space or respect that he deserves. That's all. I'm just just mad. I'm offended for Rupert Grant, okay? There's just a lot coming out here. They camp. I was like, what is this? The third night we're camping? It's nice. They share a good old Scottish sight together. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, it is beautiful. Everything is, it's all dark out. And of course they have wine and it's. In the words of Jed Bartlett, as I stare out over this immaculate vista, you know, it's just nice. They're they're by a lake and (sighs) Scotland's beauty is just unparalleled. And Evie's having a moment and Ben goes to join her out by the water. Oh, I love this. And, you know, he finally just cracks down and asks her, you know, the baby in the picture, the one you got mad about, was that your baby? And she just kind of nods. He died of meningitis when he was two. What was his name? Thomas Oliver Walton. Tom. Life is confusing. Just when we think it's all over, it throws a view like this at us. And we don't know where we are. This is where I wrote, this is very odd. This is a very odd moment, and that's why I like it. It's very not... Where she, like, just reaches out and holds his hand, and they just awkwardly stare into the horizon together. I'm like, this is this is weird, but that's why I like it. It is very non-conventional. And if you are anything, bud, you are non-conventional. Thank you so much. So we return home. Evie apologizes. I have, yay, everybody's getting along again. He's like, I know you didn't want to go all that way and I forced you to. <laughs> and you're going to have terrible consequences in your horrible home because of it. And if you, nev- if you don't want to work for me anymore, I understand. And he's like, no, it's okay. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I love Ben. Yeah. He is a ride or die bitch. Ben is walking along the brick wall that's in front of his house. He turns the corner into the drive. There's Laura, fuming, <laughs> shaking, perturbed. No, you guys know why I'm laughing? I, I do know why you're laughing. Let me get to it. <laughs> Standing next to her is Mr. Fincham. Mr. Fincham is dressed in Laura's clothing. Which is fine. That's good. You do you, Mr. Fincham. It was just a surprise. I had forgotten about this piece of the movie. We cut to Ben's room. We're being disciplined. Oh, I can't stand this. I hate her. I hate her stupid voice. Guys, listen to this and you'll really understand why Laura Linney is, first of all, masterful. And second of all, just the absolute delusion of this woman. Of course, I blame myself for suggesting we try and do something kind for Mr. Fincham. This is the thanks I get. My child on drugs. Probably abused. I wasn't abused. I had a really good time. 
When you went with that actress, you left God's house. While there is breath in my body, you will not leave it again. Look at me when I'm talking to you. And the way she is so in need of this control. She's like, when you went with that actress, you left God's house. Like God's house. Laura, where do you think you are? Exactly. You are an adulteress. Like, look, that's just at a base level. The thing that really just makes me just really sets me ablaze. <laughs> just makes you vibrate with rage. Is when, yeah, is when she goes, I could never betray you, Ben. Don't betray me. Don't be a betrayer. Is this and table just, nailed down? It, it's the tears. <laughs> oh, I know. She's so hurt and so bothered. And I could not give a fuck if I wanted to. I wrote, she makes me quake with anger. Montage time. We get Ben in rehearsal as the fucking tree for this Easter play. He hates his life. Evie's man. at home drinking alone. Oh yeah, Evie keeps trying to reach out to Ben. Yeah, and Ben's try to like, get a message to him. And Ben's like, "Oh, I'll try to be there tomorrow." Evie, it's me, Ben. I can't make it today. My mom. Anyway, I'll try and get there tomorrow. Hey. I have to go now. I love Ben Folds's Jesus Land. Oh, this you are wild about the music in this movie. I do. You know how I love the music. You know how I like me a good film soundtrack. <laughs> you are Ben Wyatt. I, I am. I am. <laughs> film soundtracks are like your favorite directors making a mixtape for you. That's exactly me. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think I took the Parks and Rec test and got Ben Wyatt. <laughs> So, so much of that makes sense. Evie comes calling. He's been gone so long. Yeah. And (laughs) Laura answers the door. Would you mind telling him I called? Only he left a message, but I haven't heard from him. I'm so sorry. There's no wish to work for you anymore. I see. Did he say why? He's found something more appropriate. Listen, Laura, you want to have a discussion about what's appropriate? How about we don't take our kids along with us in the car? To commit adultery? To commit adultery. Like, if you could, like, just not involve him in the whole shagging someone who's not his father thing. If you could do that, that'd be fantastic. It's showtime. Oh, my God. We're having the Easter play at St. Luke's Church Hall. And Laura is in a tizzy. She's so excited. The kids are excited. The only person who hates his life right now is Ben. <laughs> Laura lets slip that Evie came calling. And he's like, what do you mean you've never met her? <laughs> like, she says something about her appearance. And he's like, you've never met her. What are you talking about? Mom, did she come to the house? And she's just like, <laughs> what? you're what? on. What house? We don't live in a house. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? So the play starts. The, the the panning forward shot into Ben's face as he's standing there as the tree. He's so, he's ready to bust. He's got say, the vein in his forehead. He's so mad. Like, what do you think he's imagining right now? Do you think he's just imagining wrapping those vines around Lara and not letting go? Exactly. Like, I just, I just, I just, I hate. I hate. Yes, yes. I is, hate this for him. And Lori's about to announce the resurrection. Christ steps into the light, and God the Father cries, I've come for my boys! God is a woman. That's so beautiful. 
come for my boy. And just that woman sitting next to Robert in the audience goes, God is a woman. That's so beautiful. (laughs) No one's the wiser. Yeah, everyone thinks this is part of it. And that's what I love. Because you know what that means? It means that Lara is the only person who is uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else is enjoying the entertainment. Ben is loving seeing his new friend. And Laura thinks she can distract. Laura's like, the finale. Stop the finale now. Somebody just kick her off stage. Also, the finale is a gospel group? Oh, yeah. No, I know how you love a gospel. Well, but I just, that's very out of place in the evangelical parish. No, yeah, it's not a... (laughs) Yeah. And so she, Evie gets on stage with the choir and she is doing some in tongues preacher stuff. She is living. She's living and she's pulling all of this dialogue out of her ass. I tried to look some of it up uh-huh. and nothing. It's all, it was all written. Oh, I love it. And it, it, she's just pulling all this shit out of her ass. No roots to dig me in the ground. No branches to catch my crown. I am the son of man. Ain't nobody holding me down. And people are jumping for joy. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Yes, Yes, Lord. Absolutely. And testify. He gets them all feeling the spirit. And I'm feeling the spirit. The congregation goes nuts for her. Oh, I know. She takes Ben and runs. Just into the parking lot. Goodbye. I, I don't know what they think they're going to do. <laughs> Laura, t- I just, this is so funny. Laura turns to Peter and goes, do something. And Peter goes, what do you want me to do? And she goes, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> for Christ's sake. Look who's the blasphemer now. She huh? chases them into the parking lot. Oh, boy. And All the, right. the play is letting out. Everyone is coming out front. <laughs> Plenty of witnesses. Ben Marshall, you come back here this instant. Oh my God, this is the moment I have been waiting for this entire recording. Be silly, my love. I'm not your love. Ben, stop now, please. No, I won't stop. I'm going to go on and on until everybody knows just what it's like to live in your life. Ben. Be good, be nice. And all the bloody time you're driving around in dad's car having sex. Ben. Oh, Ben spills the tea. Yeah. He spills the he spills the Eucharist. And you almost see this look of relief in Robert's face when he says it. And he's like, oh, thank Christ. Yeah, like he thought he was going nuts there for a second, I'm yeah. sure. Laura gets illuminated by some headlights. Who has turned up but Mr. Fincham driving Laura's car? Remember why Mr. Fincham is living with them in the first place? I believe, if memory serves, it was because he ran over his late wife. Vehicular. Vehicular manslaughter. Yes. Mr. Fincham? Laura! Darling! Rams into her. Runs her down the same way he ran down his wife. It's very mean, girls. We don't get to see it. Damn. <laughs> no, I remember that feeling in Mean Girls when Regina George got hit by the bus and how cathartic it was. Mm-hmm. I had a very similar reaction to this. So um, we kind of fade to black when that <laughs> happens. Ben calls on Laura in the hospital. Oh, yeah, guys. Laura didn't die. Wah, wah. She looks her child in the eye and says that God tells her that she should get a divorce. And Ben's just like, well, I could have fucking told you that. I am so... Ross, she's still pissing me off. She got hit by a car and she's still pissing me off. Completely absolving herself of responsibility Laura for that. has learned nothing. She's learned... Doesn't that make you 
crazy? She didn't even learn anything by being caught. I think this is why I'm not a super duper huge fan of this movie. It is very cute and it's got some great scenes in it. I know why you, I understand why you like it. But like, I just, the fact that she gets away with all of her character flaws and learns nothing, just, it just makes me mad. That's all. Ben is just super done with both of his Padres right now. Ben makes camp in the backyard. He doesn't even want to live in the same house as his father anymore. This is his way of moving out. Robert comes out to examine him making the tent. Ben is obviously angry. And Ben just finally lashes out at him for his weakness. I think it's better this way. How can you say that? After all the shit she put you through, how can you say that to me? But my dad, you meant to stand up for yourself. You should have divorced her. You should have told her to bloody well fuck off. I did. It was me who asked for the divorce. Oh, yeah, yeah, when dad's like, hey, man, no, I'm leaving her. She's not leaving me. Yeah. So I think this is where Robert and Ben start to become a little closer. Yeah, it's nice. He starts helping him put up the tent. He goes, I do love you, Ben. Very much. I love you too, Dad. Yes, good. Yeah, that's good. Like, oh, hug it out, bitch. Yeah, it's nice. You're free of that witch. And it proves, yeah, it proves my point from earlier that she was what was keeping them from having a nice relationship. Ben goes to see Evie. He tells her that he's got a new job and he's working in a bookshop. I'm so jealous, honestly. Books. Very apropos. (laughs) (laughs) Of course the creative intellectual is going to go work in a bookshop. He's also going to learn how to make macchiato, too. He's also thinking of going to college. Yes. In Edinburgh. <laughs> oh my god! So far away from Laura. It, it's a day's trip. It's it's gonna be real nice. He decides to share a poem he's written for her. Oh, oh. Mm. See, I'm not gonna get choked up about this because... It's it, nice, though. It is very nice. Some mysteries I will never understand. The way the earth rotates around the sun, three minutes short of every day. Or the way the dead are gone. Like putting down the phone or turning a corner. The future. That's another whopper. We can never know what we can never know. Except that whoever you are and whoever I am, you made it all right to be me. You made it all right to be me. I know. I've been screaming through this. But that does hit somewhere different. And she says, she responds to that with, well, it's lovely. And it's you. And that's what's beautiful about it. Because, yeah, he's never he's never been him. Not a day in his life. But he's starting to be. And he's just going to get better from here. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's so nice. It's just the next test to take and fail twice. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't pass his driver's test, man. You know what my favorite thing is? <laughs> the... <laughs> the, the bonkers Macarena version of Old Lang Syne that plays. I don't even know what to describe it as. I mean, it's a bop, but I was. Play just... it for me. Like. <laughs> and 
and I'm like, this is a weird note to go out on. But it so is. Okay, I'm feeling it. Like, I'm glad he got his independence. I kind of figured he would before the end of this. But hey, it was nice. And I feel like if I could go first here. Sure. Maybe maybe I might say something you're getting ready to say. Sure. And I, and sure. I apologize That's fine. That's if fine. I do. I, 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 I... I think that if, especially if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, I think that you've probably gotten the impression that we are obsessed with how projects can be connected through creative ties, creative partnerships. Like this person was in this movie with this person and then that person was also in this movie and et cetera. And I do feel like this is a movie that is an emotional favorite for you because it's got faves from your fave in it. It does. You know I love Laura. You you are addicted to Laura Linney. I you and you know I love me Harry Potter. In just the most nerdific, hmm. amazing, charming way. You love things for the people in them. And like, yeah. and like, I don't know, I feel like I'm saying a lot of obvious things here, but, but I'm just, no, yeah. I feel like this is a movie that you would not have seen or have been interested in were it not for Rupert Grant and Julie Walters. Oh, no, no, not at all. Molly Weasley and Ron Weasley. Like, and I'm, and I'm so glad that they get to work with Laura Linney. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, my faves are all here. The gang is all here, yo. I think I like this movie because it was a movie that I understood well at a young age. Kind of showed me that there are outlets in other adults that are not your parents. Sometimes you just find those special people. Yeah. Where you're like, how is this a thing? But I'm glad that it is. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's those kinds of special relationships you have with certain people that you just don't expect that can improve on your life and enrich it in ways that you never th could see coming. I, I was going to say it makes sense because like you're my bestie, but it makes sense that we would be best friends. We're siblings. Does it? You know what? I kind of forget sometimes that a lot of people don't get along with their siblings. We used to hate each other. I know. Do you recall? Uh, yes, I do vaguely. Aren't you glad we're not 17 anymore? I'm super glad we aren't 17 anymore. <laughs> We're not working in bookshops, though. No, but we do have our driver's licenses. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, we do. Some of us had to retake it more than once, but I won't name names. And with that... Thanks for sticking with me through that one, guys. If you thought it was boring, choke. Um, I understand. Leave us a good review. Listen, I mean, at least it wasn't gross like all the stuff I put y'all through last month. Well, you know, my birthday month is going to be full of um, boring shit. Not okay. Not all of it's boring. You're just going to hate some of it. I'm going to hate some of it because, God damn it, guys, he's going to give me homework. Yes, I am. <laughs> I hate this. I, you need to be able to understand. Oh, God. All right. Okay, folks. Next week, we're going to do, guess what? Another British film. <laughs> Starring one of the greatest actresses who has ever lived. We will be welcoming back Meryl Streep to the kicking and streaming screen, The Iron Lady. 
<laughs> guys, if you didn't guess that ahead of time, you really haven't been paying attention. Yeah, guys, I've been hinting at it like the past two episodes because we've had connects. Guys, please listen. <laughs> I think no. you'll like it. If you enjoyed our coverage of Iron John Angels or Titanic, uh, that's what I anticipate will be happening next week. Disclaimer, Margaret Thatcher wasn't the best person. Oh, I think that's putting it mildly. But, you know, she is very important in terms of the world today. So, we'll be getting more to that. In the meantime, guys, go follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at kickingandstreamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. You know, if you're really just wanting to tell us to stop picking things we love and talk about things you love... That's where you can reach us. Guys, follow us on Twitter. Leave us a review. Engage. We'd love to hear from you. We love hearing from you guys. It makes our lives more quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always, sorry, Mom. Mom. Gothic news, gothic news, gothic news.